This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. And I know last week we had this tragic issue of having Tony Shore on the show to bring it down, bring down the pizzazz. So so Tana <laughs> called great. me afterwards after listening to the show and saying, dude, what are you, what are you no, doing? No, I would never do you that. You have to have Tana Pennington on this show <laughs> is the only way that you can have more than three listeners. The exclusive, right? The exclusive Tana Pennington. <laughs> No, yeah. I love Tony. He's great. I know, but according to the viewership, you're the greatest. Now, we should do a show with just you and Tony and see what happens, see what yes, the feedback is. That's maybe a great the, idea. Maybe the reality is, is is slowly moving me to the sidelines would be the best approach. <laughs> yeah, Tony I and I could the, figure something out. We could I talk about the, all sorts of I things. Could, I can be second string. <laughs> the... um. Well, good. Well, hey, I guess the the secret is out. Tana is on the show this week. Uh, it's kind of an interesting show. Tana and I were, I think we did the whole show before we started recording, though. We were, yeah, we, we should have just talk, recorded it. We were talking this morning. We were shooting the breeze. <laughs> you know, it was a long weekend. Remember, this is Monday. Um, and we we're talking about the GameStop stuff. You know, it's obviously yes. been all over the news last week. And boy, oh boy, Tana has gotten a lot of phone calls from clients. I've gotten a lot of phone calls from clients. In fact, sitting here, I can see I have two emails where I can see the word GameStop in the preview mm-hmm. of them. So everybody's uh, everybody's curious, and um, it's kind of funny. I think I think where we started with that conversation, though, uh, when Tana and I were talking earlier, is by the time something's in the news you've probably already missed the opportunity and, yep, and that, definitely. that's that's kind of that herd element is people are always late to the party they always say oh my gosh i read about it in the news this is awesome it's so exciting for example in the news this morning they said oh people are pushing up silver well that means it's already pushed up yeah <laughs> you know now if you had bought silver <laughs> last week you know maybe okay but it's already up 10 percent today you you miss that run and that was the challenge with the game stock even though it's this phenomenon we'll talk about it in a little detail in a second but the reality is you always have to be conscious gold did this 10 years ago when it hit all-time highs all of a sudden everybody talked about it bitcoin just a number of weeks ago hits forty-two thousand. all of a sudden everybody's talking about it it's in the news everywhere you have to realize that normally when you start to hear about it in the mainstream and everybody is talking about it you already missed it you know the 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 game stop is played out so right. in any case, I mean, even as of this conversation, GameStop's down like 30% today. And so it's just, it's a highly volatile mess. So Tana, I'm just going to be quiet and I would <laughs> like you to take the next 45 minutes in great detail to explain <laughs> what happened with GameStop. No, thank you. What? <laughs> what? All right. So it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You need a curtain. You need this thing that, that projects out big smoke and mirror thing so all right what happened with GameStop so I'm gonna 
keep this as straightforward as possible without trying to describe derivatives. Um, in simplicity, there is something called a float when it comes to stock investing. The float is really how many available shares of a stock are there on any given day, you know, because people are buying and selling. And so there's an amount that's always available to purchase. So a uh, uh, popular dude, a dude uh, that was one of the CEOs or founders or something of Chewy.com, you know, the, the online pet store where if you, fun fact, by the way, I, this almost <laughs> blew me away. So we went to Sprouts <laughs> over the weekend, me and my wife, and we park it. There's the PetSmart right next to it. Right. And I always say PetSmart. Is that how you say it, Tana? PetSmart? PetSmart. PetSmart, right? Like, yeah. Like, Pets, plural, mart. Right. When you look at the sign, though, it's in two colors for the two words. And the sign says pet smart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You say yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. But, that's interesting. But, You're right. So what the hell? Is is it called pet smart or is it pet smart? Well, I, it's probably like, pet smart. It, yeah, I think so. But it's funny because we all call it PetSmart. And That's then I'm true. sitting there I'm like, why is the sign two colors? How come you see this every time you come here yet you've never seen this before? Um, that is actually really funny. Now I'm going to so, look at that a lot so differently. So the store is called PetSmart. <laughs> <laughs> so which which for really some reason... you got to really think about it before you say it now. Is, yeah, for some reason it's harder to say. But that anyways. is hilarious. All right. I, I got to think about it. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about Chewy.com. That's why I went down that weird rabbit hole. <laughs> now everybody listening is going to go to PetSmart and be like, what the heck? Um, in any case, uh, so uh, a popular guy, you know, draw, drew some attention to, um, to GameStop. So what happens is big fancy hedge funds, they're looking for where, you know, everybody's investing, retail investing, they're looking for bad investments. And to be fair, in the defense of the hedge fund, which, you know, maybe the, you know, the, I don't, the Americana in us is like, yeah, the little guy, the big guy, oh, whatever. But the hedge funds were, were looking at this saying, okay, you got all these people that are attracted to GameStop, and, and the reality is GameStop is kind of a crap company. They're old-fashioned. They do brick-and-mortar storefronts. They buy and sell and rent games and stuff. It's very archaic. Uh, a company like Amazon or someone else can do this better. Yet right. the retail investors were all kind of getting on board with this and, um, and kind of starting to push the stock up a little bit. So hedge funds in good fashion, they short the market, they short the position. And what that means is, is they enter into contracts, investments, they have to do with derivatives and options. And there are these complicated, messy things that hedge funds can create where essentially they're, you know, uh, I guess, how do you say this simply? Um, they make money when the stock goes down. Most people make money when stocks go up. So they purchase these instruments that allow them to make money when it goes down. But the opposite happens. Just like a retail investor, if you make money when mo the stock goes up, you also lose money when it goes down. So the opposite happened for the hedge fund. And that is if the stock price, in fact, goes up when they thought it was going to go down, they start to lose money. And so what happened was uh, some smart human being out there realized that the hedge funds had shorted... 300% of the daily stock float. How many wow. shares are available? So that's a problem, right? So, yeah, so think about this. Problem. Maybe, maybe this is like the, the vaccine shots, right? Everybody wants a vaccine <laughs> shot and, 
you know, and down here at the hospital, they got 10 shots, you know, so you have a line of 400 people. And you now what would happen, Tana, if they opened that up for bidding and said, I'll tell you what, we got these 10 shots. How much will people pay for them? Oh, my gosh. Well, that wouldn't entice me, but I do no, know. I know, I know. But, but people that would be willing that's to because you've already pay a had lot of COVID money for three it. times so you must have like super <laughs> antibodies the, um but but the, the argument being is you have a limited supply you have a lot of demand the price goes up right exactly <clears throat> so these little small retail investors on reddit started talking saying keep buying stocks hold your positions don't sell them because the hedge funds they had shorted this thing so hard they had to start purchasing the common shares out on the open right. market, but the hedge funds are so big and they needed so many shares and there weren't enough shares to go around supply and demand. The hedge funds were literally betting against each other to wow. massively push this price up exponentially just because there wasn't enough to go around. And then the little retail guy, because they finally found a way to collaborate online. Remember that adage. There's always been an adage since I started doing this that the little guy has a disadvantage to the big institution. It's, it, right. it's always been like that. You know, they have more power. They have more access. They have more resources. The little guy never had that before. And they found out how to use these, these online chat room communities to actually create more power by saying hey we could work as a group instead of as individuals and you know there's nothing illegal about this right you're allowed to collaborate with your friends and say let's all buy this or whatever right there's nothing wrong yeah. with that it's not Free like market. you have insider information to you know make secret decisions and so <clears throat> they held the line they held their stocks the hedge funds needed to buy it because they're losing money i read something that said they've lost over 20 billion dollars in this wow and Oh, I know it's a heck of a thing. So they, oh they massively gosh. rocket the price up. Obviously, it's been all over the news. This will make a good movie. It's going to be fun to watch someday. Kind of like the big short. It's a good movie, right? About. Yeah, 08. I saw that, you know, but um, in any case, yeah, it's been quite a mess. Now, granted, there's there's other layers to it. You know, the Robin Hood trading platform where a lot of retail investors were doing this in the beginning. They shut down trading temporarily. So there, there's there's a lot of underlying issues under the water. I just wanted to kind of talk right. about the big picture of what happened. Um, but the reality is, is this is like playing musical chairs, right? And so someone's going to keep dancing to the music and find out there's not a chair there. So even last week when this thing hit 400 bucks a share, I mean, it's down to like, I don't know, 200 or something today. Um, as soon as the buyers dry up, there's no one to hold that price up. Once again, supply and demand. Go back to your Econ 101 class. As soon as the demand goes down, the the price is going to drop significantly back yeah. to something that's more normal for this investment. And that's what's happening. Last week, a lot of the major hedge funds closed out their positions. So they're they're exiting it. They got hammered. Not No bueno. I mean, the, the most meaningful one, I think they're called Melvin Capital. They lost like 50% in January on their portfolio. I mean, they, wow. they, they, they took it on the chin. Um, so it's kind of scary, right? Because once again, when everyone starts calling last week saying, Mike, what do we do about GameStop? Should we buy some? What's going on? Well, <laughs> you're, you're the, you're the, <laughs> you're the, the sucker. Game. You're the sucker, yeah. right? When you ask that question, you're already the sucker. And, you know, now granted market loves suckers. I, I think what's interesting, Tana, is you always have to realize there is a winner and loser on every side of every trade. Right. It's you true. Know? And 
and that's the challenge. And so the problem is, is the way this is set up now is there's probably going to be more losers than winners. It's just like Bitcoin. I, you know, everybody hounded me at when Bitcoin was at 40, 42,000. Now I haven't heard a peep from anybody yeah, since it dropped, dropped to 30, <laughs> but it's amazing. Cause I know that when people were hounding me, people were buying it. You know, and so a lot of those people lost 30% quickly. Right. Um, you know, all excited about the euphoria. It's, it's, I mean, remember, this is Investor Psychology 101. Gee, I did Econ 101, now we're in Investor Psychology 101. Geez, a lot of college <laughs> classes here. But FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. People start reading things, they hear about things, their friends are talking about things. Yep. And they start thinking, what, 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 what about me? Me too. Yeah, um, it's true. And uh, so FOMO is a very real thing. I mean, honestly, I, I'm guilty of it. I, I read things and I see things. And when I'm doing research, I come across stuff and I say, ah, oh, crud, man. What about me? I wish I had gotten on that a little, little quicker. But, all right. you know, that's, but that's the reality of it. And so anyways, we all need to be a little conscious. Um, I think you brought up a good point, though, Tana. Weren't you saying that maybe maybe. Uh, even if you're not invested in game stock, you can still get yeah, hurt if you're invested. This this might have a trickle down effect. <clears throat> well, it does, right? What happened in the stock market last week? It was kind of the most volatile, rocky-ish market we've had in a few months. Right. And so that's the ripple effect. Remember, in, in some scenarios, hedge funds had to pull money from other investments. Exactly. In order to create liquidity to deal with the mess. And right. so there's so always that rippling effect. Yeah, so even if you don't <clears throat> even own any GameStop, yeah. stock it's it could be you know hurtful on our end well maybe the best example is apple apple last week came out with like their best quarter ever they made a hundred billion dollars right. it was incredible and what did their stock do for the following two days it went down and i thought yeah. that's interesting because normally if you look at the history of apple's quarterly earnings when they're really good it pops up and so why would it go down and my thought was well gosh if, if we have some liquidity challenge from these institutions exactly. that deal with billions right may, good point. maybe they're softening out of some apple in order to deal with their gamestop mess yeah they gotta rob peter to pay paul <laughs> Ooh, look at that we're going <laughs> we're going biblical on this gamestop <laughs> the um uh, the uh <laughs> it's funny. that's all right I, I say i actually say that all the time in meetings the um but uh, um anyways well that's a mess so there you go. Don't buy it. Yeah. Don't don't be the sucker without a chair when the music stops. <laughs> yeah, who wants to fall in their well, I mean, <laughs> at the peak, the game stock was like suddenly valued at like $20 billion when maybe on a good day it's a 3 to $5 billion company, maybe. But it's also a dying breed company, and that's where the issue existed is they have a lot of evolution in order to change their company business model to compete with these bigger institutions now that everything is digital. Right. And, you know, it is a, it is a $20 stock. Yeah, the, you know, no matter you know what. The problem, though, is the problem is is that people are people are irrational with investing. I mean, you look at 2020 and the you know the last year, we had so many initial public offerings, a DoorDash, Airbnb, these things that honestly in many respects are worthless companies, they don't make any money, and people are so desperate. Oh, I'm so desperate that they'll buy it and they'll pay 
significant percentiles over valuation of what it's worth. The whole idea of fundamental investing has gone out the window where you value a company based on their fundamentals, based on their their earnings, based on the things they're doing. Now, you know what's scary about that is when is another time period that we've had this issue where people were willing to pay significant percentiles over the value of a company just to own it? The dot-com mm. crisis. Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, you know, back in 2000 and late yep. 90s, that's what everybody was doing. Now, granted, there's been a huge evolution from the dot-com thing to tech companies now, but still, we're starting to see this this level of investing that that is all speculation, it is all risk, it has no fundamentals, it's all gambling, it's all hopes and dreams, and um, that doesn't always work out for people. Yeah, very true. Then again, maybe it does, you know, maybe you land the big one, so you should bet all your money in it, because no, what if? Not a good if? idea. Well, someone won the Powerball the other day. Here it was like $900 million or something. Oh, geez. In fact, That's a I'm lot of money. They, I'm shocked they haven't called me yet. I was wondering about that. <laughs> I should, I should, I should Ask you how to us. invest it. Right. I'm shocked. <laughs> they, they didn't get my name from someone. The, um, uh, <laughs> That's funny. That is a lot of money. Jeez Louise. What, are, what else are we going to talk about today? <laughs> just for just for clarity, if anyone's wondering, Tana and I do not prepare shows. We do not prepare podcasts. <laughs> we just literally get on here and start talking. We probably so, should. We well, we could, but the problem is, is Tana's mind is full of so much knowledge. She doesn't need to prepare anything. Well, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. All right. Well, I, I actually do, like doing the research. That part is I, really fun do, for me. I do a little prep. So what I do is I read a lot of articles throughout the week. You know, I, I'm doing a lot of reading yeah, and research. I do too. And so if I like an article that I think is is um, podcast worthy, I right. email it to myself and I have a little radio podcast folder where I keep them. So here's the last one I emailed to myself. Um, uh, nearly 20% of renters in America are behind on their payments. Ooh, this ouch. is as of January 25th. And then the the key points, the typical delinquent, geez, renter owes $5,600, being nearly four months behind on their monthly payment, according to a new analysis. This also includes utilities and late fees. Wow. Uh, In total, an astounding $57 billion is owed by just more than 10 million renters. That, that is a prob- lot of seems money. Problematic, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it's because of the shutdowns. No, it is. It is. Well, it's it's and it's honestly, it's it's a couple things, right? Um, it is the shutdowns, but it's also this. Uh, maybe we could use the musical chairs analogy again here somewhere. Um, the government got a shovel and started shoveling money to everybody, right? Stimulus checks, higher unemployment checks. Granted, there's a whole spectrum of people that lost their jobs. They're totally screwed. They have lots of problems. That is totally understandable. The problem, though, that exists is you have a, a group of people that have massive problems that we need to find a way to, to help, which is why actually the Republicans are trying to meet with Biden right now to have a little more <laughs> come to reality conversation about a stimulus right. bill that actually helps people that are screwed versus right. people that aren't um the problem though is is we also helped a bunch of people that didn't need help right i mean you know i don't want to be picky to my clients but i have a lot of clients whose income didn't change because they're retired because they have pensions because they have social securities they didn't need a bunch of stimulus right. checks 
You know, it doesn't mean no one doesn't want them, but they didn't need them. And so we we did this, the shotgun approach of just shooting all this stuff to everybody without really surgically identifying where the problem is. Then on top of it, the government said, hey, I got an idea, Tana, Tana, why don't you just not pay your mortgage (laughs) or rent? I, I, uh, you know, I real no. uh, yeah. We're, we're not even going to qualify it based on you working or not working. I'll just tell you what. Just you, you take a break. You take a break. No. Yeah. Who wants to pay that? That not poop, a good idea. Poo poo kachu. Um. And on top of it, if you don't want to pay it, we're actually going to give you some extra money too. And so what's happening is, okay, you don't have to pay some of your obligations like your rent. We then give you extra money. And what are people doing? 2020 was the largest one year of e-commerce sales ever. Now, granted, people are doing more shopping online anyways. But still, you look at the largest Cyber Monday of $11 billion. You look at Apple's earnings going through the roof because they sold a ton of iPhone 12s. Right. You know, does this... Does this stink of a pandemic financial crisis oh, doomsday absolutely. apocalypse? Yes. What is? Remember, <laughs> 70% of our GDP oh. is people spending money. And so you told people they didn't have to pay their obligations, but you then that gave them so money and they just went and bought electric bikes. Yeah, that is so right? wrong. I, you know, they, they spent it all on Amazon and, and Walmart and they bought new iPhones and now all of a sudden you say, oh, what do you, wait, uh, what? I'm confused. How could they be behind on their rent and not have the money to pay it? Well, what? We expected s- someone to be responsible? Yeah, we like, need to be just, responsible. Well, it's, it's human nature. You know, human nature is you set people up for failure and then the government can put out all these statistics and data and act all shocked. Oh man, what a mess. Like, like how come it wasn't, no, you should pay your rent, but oh, by the way, we're giving you a bunch of extra money to help pay your rent. You yeah. know, let's let's make sure your obligations are met. We're taking are met. care of you. Um, exactly. And that's that's the that's my criticism of the way that this all happened from the get go is it wasn't targeted enough help. It wasn't targeted enough stimulus. It was just, hey, give everyone money. Tell people they don't have to pay their bills. And I'll tell you what, we'll just close our eyes for a year and hope that works out. Doesn't work out. Close my We're going to see that even more and more, I'm sure. No, it's 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 very concerning. And so it's, it's interesting because um, there's a lot of people in the government that talk about these two paths, right? The stock market has recovered. Big business has recovered. But then small business hasn't recovered. The little guy hasn't recovered. You know, the little guy's behind on rent. And that there really are these two paths shaping up. Now, granted, they're ironic paths because there is a big disconnect because there will be things that do not do well over the next couple of years. Um, but there will be things that do well as, as much as there's people behind on rent. Um, we've also seen the largest increase in people's checking savings and money markets account too. So even though people are spending money, they are saving more credit cards are down. There's a lot of positives, right? I, I put yeah, this negative sure. stance on everything, but right. there's a lot of positives. And so, yeah. That, that will play to our favor when you talk about, you know, how could the markets do? Because as soon as the vaccine is a little more effective, it's a little more in the community, the, the shutdowns are, are a little less. There's a huge amount of pent up demand of people that want to spend money, go on trips, eat at That's restaurants. True. And so I think that that spending is going to make help. a big push. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, Good point. 
So how many iPhone 12s did you buy last year, Tana, with your government money? <laughs> I still have an iPhone 8 or 10. I can't even remember. <laughs> ah, that's, that's terrible, that's, right? That's very If it's not broken, why be... I know, but why buy another one if it's not broken? That's that's just, gosh, you've (laughs) let us all down. No, but I have contributed to the economy. I have upgraded on other other things. So I've done my part. Yeah, well, does Texas have a lot of shutdowns right now? No, it's very open. Kids are in school, which I'm very grateful for. So things look good over here. Oh, that's but of course, with the precautions still into place, you know, we, we're still required to wear masks in certain, you know, stores yeah. and, and whatnot. But they're starting to lift it more yeah. so in like the restaurants and oh, movie well. theaters are open, which is nice. Um, well, they just they just allowed outdoor dining here. Right. Coinciding okay. with the freezing cold rain. So that <laughs> that doesn't help. Much, <laughs> <laughs> ah, This is fantastic. We I'm actually, glad you're getting rain, we, though. We actually went out to dinner the other night. Um we went to uh on on thompson we went to prime steakhouse because they, they they run this like three course oh, yeah. dinner. it's actually really good everyone should go um okay. and but we had to sit outside and i mean we got like you know our full blown like puffy jackets on <laughs> and I mean, it's like Earmuffs. freezing yeah, they got the heat lamps going and you're just not as fun this, this food is so good. Yeah, actually, when when it's freezing, it helps you chew because your your jaw is just moving. Um. So. Oh dear. Yes. Hopefully, things will start to open up more and more and more. Hopefully, get people back our, to work. Our, oh my gosh. And school. Well, Kids need to go back to school in California. Well, and the fear is is everything's habit forming. You've gone so long without it now. That's true. That it's yeah. creating some bad habits, you know, with the educators, with the kids, with everybody mm-hmm. alike. They're kind of enjoying so, the existing norm now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's the new normal. It's yeah, starting so to get more comfortable. Yeah. But they went back today for school. But it's like good two days a week. Well, yeah, but it's like three hours it's a half day for two days a week so yeah not long get, enough you get almost one day out of two days and so that means technically my elementary school kids they went four days in december and then this is now their fifth day but those are counted as half days so they will have as of at the end of today they will have officially gone to school for two and a half days this year wow that is horrible oh my gosh yeah. we've certainly Bizarre. deviated from the uh Focus the topic of this that podcast. We, we apologize right. to everybody, but that's all right. I was on the uh, they had the school board meeting they had last week. Oh, did you um, go? No, well, they, it's all Zoom, so you just okay. log in. It was three hours long, though. I mean, I thought my wow. meetings were long with people. Um, it was, it was, it was terrible, terribly long. But it was interesting because they, they kept throwing around these like statistics, and and when they were voting on if the kids should go back to school, one of the the board members was saying something like eighty six percent of teachers are scared to death to go back, that you know they're gonna get it and die. And I thought that that was so interesting. I mean, not to be critical of people's personal feelings, because we should all be conscious and concerned and and vigilant with the things that we do. But it's amazing how everybody else has to go to work. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's such a good point. But the the 
the cashier at Sharky's has to work and they're in closer proximity to people and touching right. their credit cards and stuff than that. Everybody else, you know, so it's just kind of an interesting thing that we're treading so lightly around that. Um, oh my gosh. What was the, what was the statistics? Let's, let's pull this up. Everyone will love this or hate me for it and tell me what a jerk I am. I don't know. Anyways, so uh, weekly statistics, COVID tracker update we get from The Economist over at First Trust, Brian Westbury. Phenomenal information. But a couple fun facts. Uh, one is, uh, let's see, as of December 1st, 110,000 restaurants, eating places closed for good. That seems like a lot of people that got That's destroyed. Terrible. The yep. national COVID daily new tests, it's still high, but it's dropped a lot. It's gone from like 250,000 down to 150,000. So the bell curve looks a heck of a lot better than it did just right. a handful of weeks ago. But here's what I thought was interesting. As of December, they were tracking um, infections and, and deaths nationally for age groups. Ages zero to four, there was over 3 million infections, 51 deaths. Ages five to 17, there was 15 million infections. That's a lot. 96 deaths. Yeah. You have a point zero zero one percent mortality rate on kids under the age of 17 or 18 rather so um, teachers shouldn't have as much fear as they do i mean our well, our teachers are being very cautious well, and our classrooms are set up for you know protection oh yeah at the at the elementary but, school holy cow they you got to go out in like a very extended single file line away from each other they, right. they check your temperature the teacher has plexiglass everyone's got face shields and masks they, they and have i think it's custodial working really services well. wiping everything down um it's interesting i mean obviously the the issue is do children get the adults sick and then the adults have a problem but what's amazing is even when you when you check like the i mean even the mortality rate of 50 and under 18 to 50 is 0.03. It's, uh, you know, uh, unmeaningful. Anyways, I, I like math and statistics. So that's my opinion. That doesn't mean that, you know, that's the right opinion. Right. Anyways. But what right, I'm experiencing too, though, is very positive out here. So I just, that's my well, hope you, for California but, is because I'm actually have... experiencing very good, positive Kids are doing very well in school. We've been in session since August. Teachers and you haven't are safe. any problems with the teachers. Yeah. No. Well, that's no. how my brother and sister in Utah are, is, is their kids go to school and they haven't had any meaningful outbreaks in the schools. They right. haven't had any teachers die. Right. And so it's like we, we talk about this thing. But then here here's another statistic from the CDC. This is April through October of last year. Emergency room visits for mental health issues for ages 5 up, to I 11 bet. up 25%, ages 12 to 17 up 31%. So Yeah, I don't doubt yeah, it. This it's there's so many cause and effects with all of this stuff. Sure, sure. So we got to be conscious yeah, of that. Yeah, good point. Well, on that depressing note, we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside. It well, it is. Um but look, obviously our focus is retirement income planning. We help people figure out the right steps so that they can be prudent and responsible with picking investments. We don't want our retirees having all their money in GameStop um, at the moment, things like that. So we try to make pretty responsible decisions to make sure that you don't run the risk of going broke 
if you live too long. Right. You know, the timing of social security, your tax efficiency. Tana does a lot of Medicare health insurance planning for our clients. Yes. There's so many things that go into creating a good financial household. Obviously, today was just kind of a fun spitball conversation. But if you have specific questions, concerns, curiosities, certainly about our show, the things we talk about, but more importantly about yourself, about your finances, about your retirement income plan, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, Our office number is 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. And you can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. So we appreciate all of our listeners. Thanks for being patient with us today. We will try to have a more concise, better prepared show next week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group, LLC. The Lynn Group, LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors, LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group, LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.